Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. John Jastrzemski. Sports Radio 1019 FM. And Sports Radio 66 FM. Hour number three. It's 9.04 here on this Wednesday evening. It's JJ After Dark, John Jastrzemski. We all right here on the fan. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And I've been following this guy on Twitter for the last couple of years. And I remember him for years being a part of those Red Sox teams. Gritty, gutty guy who stuck around in the big leagues for a long, long time. And for what it's worth, I think he should be major league commissioner because I think he basically has the solution of solving all this nonsense we've been dealing with over the last couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's welcome in the former big leaguer. He now is killing it right now on the afternoon drive on WEI. Lou Maloney. Lou, it's John Jastrzemski. Appreciate a couple minutes. How you doing, man? Hey, JJ, if you remember me when I played with the Red Sox, then you were the guy that watched games like once a week because that's all I pretty much played. Yeah, it doesn't matter, though, Lou, man. You were playing on those Red Sox teams I couldn't stand. <laughs> and listen, you guys still weren't to the point where it was, well, you were on the 03 team, too, where yeah. it was Millar and Nixon and Varitek. Like, these guys made my blood boil. But listen, you were kind of in a way guilty by association. So come on, Lou. I'm a, I'm a sick baseball fan. So you remember that one day a week you were playing? Trust me, oh, yeah. you probably had a big hit or two, and that's why I remember. No, I remember those days. Those are the good old days. Of course, old three was my last game with the Red Sox before I moved on to Cleveland and others. So it all ended, let's just say it didn't end well, okay? I played with Booney out in Cleveland. I never forgave him. Uh, I wouldn't either. And, Louie, you a guy, we'll get to the baseball stuff in a minute. Do you still now hold the grudge to this day for Grady Little keeping Pedro Martinez as long as he did in that game? No, no, I don't, man. I love Grady Little. Um you know, I, I, I kind of had an understanding of kind of what was, why he did it. You know, he didn't have a contract, and if he was going to be his last game he ever manager, he was going to go with the guy. I did watch that game recently about a month ago, kind of stood up and watched the whole thing about the seventh, eighth inning, couldn't believe it happened. Um, but, no, I, I, I like Grady a little too much. It doesn't mean I wasn't upset about it. 
but I still love the guy too much to uh, kind of hold the grudge. And if you think about that eighth inning, I mean, the bull Jeter hits. Trod Nixon makes that play. What would you say, Lou? Eight out of ten times? Nine out of ten yeah. times? That was 0-2-1-2. And that, like, started the whole every, thing. Every, yeah, he just couldn't finish guys off. You know, he, yeah, listen, when he points to the sky in the seventh inning, he's usually done. It didn't happen. So, that's old news. You know, and I, I try to move on, J.J. You know what I mean? And think about the positives, which isn't going on right now in baseball. No, and listen, I give you credit because I'm doing my show yesterday, and I'm down at the dumps a little. Listen, I'm a baseball fan, as you know. I need something to watch. Economically speaking, I think our radio stations obviously need it because of the revenue it brings in. But forget about that. I mean, 7 o'clock, you know the deal. There's a game on every night. Like, that's what we're used to. And I'm just so sick and tired of this bickering owners trying to make their proposals, players trying to make their proposals. We know the prorated salary is the, like, point of contention that we keep coming back to. And then you tweeted out your suggestion. Hello, I wish that the Players Association, more specifically Manfred and the owners, could listen to what you have to say. Yeah, you know, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get what the strategy is. They're extremely misguided if both sides think that we want to hear uh, about the negotiations through the media. I don't want to hear it. You know, there, there's every other team you talk about in the NBA and the NHL, you know, it's positives about moving forward and bringing the game back. Uh, with baseball, it's negatives. It's all about how the game, why the reasons why the game can't come back. I, I, it's an interesting PR move. I think that each and every one, both sides, owners and Tony Clark and everybody included, should get outside of their bubble and actually talk to people and, and hear what people are thinking, hear what they're saying, because nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear you guys bitch about money. You billionaires versus billionaires. Nobody wants to give an inch. You guys have made offers now for the last two or three weeks, and both, and both sides know you're not going to accept them. You've had three months since the month of March to figure out that when you're able to step on the field, let's make sure that we're ready to go when we get the okay. And here we are. We're nowhere closer. They should be down at spring training. I don't understand it. They're bickering. It's like they're negotiating their CBA, which is a year and a half away, and they're missing an opportunity to put this sport in front of everybody for about three or four weeks by itself. They're hurting this game. Even when they come to a conclusion and come back, this damage has already been done. You nailed it. I mean, think about it, Lou. I'm a kid who grew up, you know, with early to mid-1990s baseballs. My first love is the sport. There are so many kids in this country. It's football. It's the NBA. And baseball's moved to the back burner. You nailed it. They should be starting their season July 4th. America's birthday. Everybody's at home watching the game. And you put... And Aaron Judge, or you put a Xander Bogart, so you put a Mookie Betts in, you know, prime real estate where everybody's watching. And a sport like baseball that complains to the high heavens, they don't have young fans, they have diminished popularity. I mean, we're wondering why they have diminished popularity when you handle stunts like that. I mean, it's a total joke. It is, you know, you, you, you when you see the eyeballs, when you see the ratings of Tom Brady playing Peyton Manning in golf. Please. I mean, how about the NASCAR ratings? I mean, who the hell likes NASCAR? I know I don't. They go, there's just a bunch of guys going left. But you know what? You still tune it in because it's sports. You would have had an entire month. You might have got some people hooked. And I tell you, if they do come back in the short season, and I, and I just feel like, you know, you had 70 games, right? Put it at 70 games and let's just move on. 
people would look at it and say, okay, this is no longer a sprint. You know, you no longer, I mean, no longer a marathon. You don't sit there in April and sit there and say, oh, my God, the Red Sox are three games out. Jesus, they only got 147 games left. I don't know if they can get out of it. No, it, every single weekend is going to matter. Every single series is going to matter. Every two weeks is going to matter. And I actually think that could bring some interest in. You could have had an opportunity to have an entire month to yourself. Every single day they don't figure this out as a day lost. They can't come in behind the NBA or the NHL. They have to be first. They can't afford to be last. They can't afford to come in at the same time. And that's my concern is that that's where the owners are going right now. It's basically a stall situation until Manfred can sit there and say, 50 games, we start August 1st. If that's the case, everybody loses. We got Lou Maloney, the former big leaguer. He's killing it right now on WEI in the afternoon drive. And Lou, as a guy who's been around the sport a long time, and you were in the middle of stuff back in 1994, do you see a lot of like eerie parallels and similarities to what happened with the strike then and what we're dealing with right now? Or do you kind of look at it as like two entirely different type of entities? Yeah, you know, I, I think this is different. You know, talk to me in a year. Okay. Because I do think this is different. I think that, you know, if, if Manfred does put in 48, 50 games, they will be, um, NBA, you know, the union will file a grievance. Um, but I think players will play. And I think that there will be some guys that maybe with pre-existing that they've talked about, they might decide not to play. But I think guys will play baseball. Um, but I also think what's going to get both sides, uh, both sides, because even if that happens, the union's going to be upset, and it's gonna, they're going to dig their heels in in a year. The owners are still going to be upset because they still lost a lot of money this year. I mean, there's no winners. And it's just going to create for a real bad situation uh, next summer, early fall. Do you believe there will be baseball? I do. I've said over and over again, they're playing in 2020. I know I've been down in the dumps. I know I've been annoyed. When I hear Manfred say it, and listen, you're right, it's not going to be something the players are happy about. It's not going to be something the owners are happy about if all of a sudden they're coming and playing a 50-game season. You buy the idea, Lou, they're definitely playing this year? Yeah, I do, because I think they will implement that uh, as a last resort. I'm really curious to see... Manfred saying today that you know there will be an offer and it'll come back to the to the players somewhat. I, I'm tired of seeing the same offers dressed up to look like something else, and I think that is what we've seen so far from the owners. Um, and you know, I just don't I don't trust it. You know, but I don't, I'm not happy with both sides because I look at the owners and say, I don't trust the numbers. I don't trust that this is what they're going to. This is what they're making. I don't trust when I hear a Cardinals owner, DeWitt, come out and sit there and say, this really isn't a profitable business. This is a guy that bought his team for $150 million, and it's worth $2.5 billion now. So I, I don't buy them, their numbers, when they're saying how much money they're going to lose. On the other side, the players, I mean, you've got to put this March agreement to rest. I mean, from everybody that I've talked to that's on both sides, not just an owner's side, but the player's side, or, or players kind of, you know, they're sympathetic to the players, even they sit back and say, listen, if you look at that agreement and you read it all, it was pretty clear that this was with fans. Like, and they're holding steady to this thing with a full prorated 114. Please, they're never going to agree to that. 89 games, they're never going to agree to that. Get that number down to 70. Go for it, then. You can't be playing baseball in November. And, you know, so I think both sides right now are guilty of everything, but I think there'll be baseball because the commissioner will say, screw it, I'm going to make it 50 games. We got Lou Maloney, the longtime big leaguer. He's killing it right now at EEI. He joins us here on The Fan. Lou, take me through the thought process for you. A guy who's trying to make his way 
back in the mid-1990s. The player strike's going on, and you're given the opportunity to play. I- I'd be in your boat a 1,000%. I'm playing. I got to get a chance to get my career going. Was that something you had a lot of second thoughts about, or was it an easy call for you when they asked you to go and play in 1995? You were more than willing to do it. No, I wanted no part of it. I thought it was unfair the position they put us in, and they strong-armed the hell out of me. Um, I was a minor leaguer. I wasn't a replacement player. Guys came out of retirement. They took the cash. Guys who saw the writing on the wall, they're about to get released, took the cash. I wasn't supposed to. I was supposed to stay out of it. Well, after about a week of seeing the quality of baseball, you know, I get I, I show up there one day, and I find out that, you know, I'm in the big league lineup. And I'm like, I'm not playing. I already told you I'm not doing this. And it was basically, you either play, you get released. That's how organizations treated it. I was a kid that, you know, was drafted in the 10th round. I was five foot nothing with not much pop. They gave me $5,000 to sign. I played one year in the minor leaguers, minor leagues that year in Sarasota. I made $4,500 that year, 900 bucks a month. I made nothing. And they offered me cash to play. I turned down that money. I went, and so I never achieved a damn penny. Went to minor league camp, called up for one game. They told me to make the decision. After talking to friends and family, you know, I made a call. I made a decision. I was, you know, said, okay, I will play a game. I played one game. I faked basically an injury. I told him I wasn't playing again. I'm not signing any contracts. When they put a contract in front of the players a couple days later, I walked out because I refused to sign cat to take any kind of money for it whatsoever. I didn't put myself in that category. I didn't want to be put in that category. And I walked out with not knowing if I was going to get released or not. Luckily, I didn't get released. But ever since, because of that one game, me and a handful of other players, when I got to the big leagues, we were known as replacement players, which I never accepted. I always looked at it as a minor league getting called up for one spring training game like it happens every single day. It affected me financially throughout my career. I'm still fine. I still get pension, all that other good stuff. But if they put those minor leaguers in that same position that they put me through, I will never support that because those guys, they just strong arm you. They threaten your career. They threaten your livelihood. And they threaten everything you work for. And I'll never stand for that. That's a total disgrace. And good for you, Lou, with the persistence to keep fighting throughout your big league career. And as a guy who's a Massachusetts native, how cool was it for you, man? You're making your debut with the Boston Red Sox. You're playing at Fenway Park. Like, in many ways, like, all those childhood dreams got to be coming and flashing through your head, right? I mean, that's insane to think about, dude. Yeah, it was crazy, you know. You grew up in Boston. You, know, you guys, you grew up in New York. You go to Yankee Stadium and you watch. For me, the coolest thing when I went to a Red Sox game was watching guys play catch in front of the dugout before the game. And I'll never forget that first day being so nervous playing in that crowd and going out and playing catch in front of the dugout. And just sort of, it sort of hit me then. You know, that's what you do, right? Infielders, you play catch in front of the dugout before the game. And that's when it kind of hit me before the game. Damn, I'm out here in the field right now. So it was just you know, a great experience. I cherished it all. I, I, I worked my tail off to stay as long as I could. You know, I wasn't the most talented guy, but I enjoyed every single second of it. And it's kind of uh, given me an opportunity to do what I do now. So, um, It's all worked out pretty good, and it's something I'll never forget. Hey, it comes full circle. And I'm sure, you know, back in the day, you had your boy Garcia Parra there. And when we were growing up, Lou, that was the debate, right? It was A-Rod, Nomar, (laughs) Jeter. You see the parallels, Nomar's career, and Mattingly with the Yankees, with the way their bodies betrayed him at the end? 
Yeah, no doubt, man. I got to witness it up close and personal, man. And it was uh, it was special to watch. You know, it was uh, you know seeing that guy a couple years in a row after we did his rookie year and win a couple of batting titles. How we approached the game, how we played the game hard, and probably ended up costing him some of those years. But um, man, he's exceptional talent. I tell you, Donnie Don Mattingly was like one of my favorites growing up. So it was interesting because it was. I kind of started rooting for players more than anything. I remember Manley and Boggs, and it was one of those things where, you know, it, you kind of follow both those guys because I respected so much of them as hitters. So um, I always loved Don Manningly. But you're right. Some of these guys, they play hard. Look at Dustin Pedroia. When you play hard, you play the right way, and sometimes it costs you uh, length in your career. No, you ain't kidding. And, Lou, I got to tell you, man, being in the ballpark that night in 1999, I say yeah. it over and over again. The greatest game I've ever seen pitched was Pedro at Yankee Stadium. After that yep. Chili Davis home run, when I mean an all-time Yankee team had absolutely no chance, bro, they had absolutely no chance against Pedro. You remember that night? No, I, I, I do. And, and you know, Chili, like you said, Chili hit that bomb. But after that, I just felt like there wasn't much contact, you know. And, and it was just one of those things where um, he was so dangerous, man. I started watching him towards the end of his career. We didn't have the the fastball maybe that he once had. But, you know, when you think back, like, geez, when he's still 96, 97, how these guys hit him. People have said that to me before. And I'm like, well, they didn't. Look at his numbers. I mean, look, look how much dominant he was during that era. And the battles with the Yankees was, was, was something special. And that was one of the things, you know, being able to play second base or shortstop behind Pedro and watching Tech kind of go through a game, especially that Yankee lineup or the Indians lineup of the, eight, the late 90s. Man, that was, that was a lot of fun. You know, and it was something that uh, I still see Petey a lot, and we still talk about it. And it was just, it was fun to watch the guy that I still believe was the greatest pitcher I've ever seen. I totally agree with that. I hated his guts, and it's amazing, Lou. I grew to love him. <laughs> you know, I hated him because of the, the battles and all that intensity you had with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. And then when Pedro left, I'm like, Man, I miss this guy. He was an artist. Yeah. You know, I respect it. It's like, it's like a Red Sox fan with Mariano Rivera. You don't like the guy. You know, you got the best of the guy eventually, yeah. but you miss those battles. Before we get you out of here, my man, you're mm-hmm. around the Red Sox day in and day out, and I'm sure you would agree with this. Because of what Brady and Belichick have done, in many ways the Patriots have like become the top team in town, and that's yep. what the Red Sox winning, you know, a bunch of championships, so four, seven, 13, 2018, is there a sense of, you know, apathy with that franchise because they've won now, they say goodbye to Mookie Betts, they're now a team in transition from when you were playing and you were in the middle of those great Red Sox years and now sitting from afar being a broadcaster, doing radio and whatnot, do you think the city of Boston still has that same passion they have for the Red Sox? Um, overall, not, not, not close, not even close. I mean, you, you got, you know, I mean, there's every single sport has a passionate fan base that sticks to them no matter what. And, and Boston has that, but what happened in 04 changed everything. You know, it was just once you win and I, and I question, cause I, I think similar things might be out in Chicago with the Cubs, right? Like once you finally get that thing, it, it things do change. And the Red Sox have won a few times since. You know, and there's also been some, you know, last place finishes. So it's kind of hit a miss here at times. But, no, I, I don't think that right now there's a lot of love for the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, there's, there's you know, John Henry is a guy that's won fortunately since he's been here. 
he doesn't get the respect that maybe he deserves as an owner in this town. You know, he owns the Boston Globe. There's criticism there. So it's just, it's an odd time for the Boston Red Sox, which to be honest with you, you know, what's going on right now in baseball is probably the best thing to happen to this organization because I don't think anybody was excited about the year. Mookie's gone. Chris Sale's got Tommy John. So cut this thing into 60 games. Say maybe they make a little bit of run. And then next year we sort of see maybe you can build a winner again. It's what happens when you win, you know, and I, and I think, you know, it's been 20 years for the Patriots, and I think three, four, five years from now we're going to be seeing the similar thing with Patriot fans around here. You just can't win forever like the Patriots did. People start sitting there saying, ah, if they can't win it, you know, screw them. I'll go mow the lawn type of thing. But there'll still be fans, but it'll be different. Well, this is awesome, bro. Continued success up in Boston. Uh, I'd love to get up there and see you guys and actually get to a game. But in this world, good luck. I might be waiting a couple of years before that happens. <laughs> all the best, you and the family. And who knows? Maybe we'll, uh, we'll have that reunion at Fenway sometime soon, all right? Sounds good, JJ, man. Hope to see you soon. There you have it. That's Lou Maroney, who does terrific, terrific work up in Boston. Real good perspective. Gets it every which way. Player perspective, broadcaster perspective. That's why I want to have him on. We get back to your calls at 877-337-6666. And we'll go through these four quarterbacks in the AFC East. Who's going to have the brightest future of the bunch? Allen? Stidham? Donald? Oh, my God, Tua. It's JJ After Dark right here on The Fan. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 